This month and every month throughout the year, discover Corona Hard Seltzer, the only hard seltzer made with pure beach vibes. With a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, and 90 calories and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spikes sparkling water with natural flavors. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. And welcome into Purple Daily, the at-home edition. Mackie off today, day after Thanksgiving. So you get Zolgad, you get Declan Goff, you get uh, the Friday confidence concerns and curiosities. Declan, when it comes to Vikings v. Carolina Panthers, U.S. Bank Stadium at noon on Sunday, the Vikings taking on your long-lost love, Zim's long-lost mm. quarterback love. Teddy Bridgewater comes back to town for his first opportunity to play against his old team. It's going to be emotional. You know yes. what? This, I think, I, boy, in giving this some thought, I think that this is going to be the first, this is going to be the most difficult game not to have fans because mm-hmm. it would have been like as much as the Packers game is fun. Yeah. Um, this is the game that you actually almost could have done a story in itself on the reaction of the fan base. Because I feel like for a guy who who didn't play here for that long, I feel like there is as em- as much emotional pendulum to this kid as far as fans that like you who loved him and fans who thought, oh, he's not that good. Uh, boy, it would have been it would have been so much fun to see him take the field in front of a packed house downtown to see what that reaction to Teddy would have been. Yeah, I, I mean, even with being a uh, unbiased uh, member of the media, if I was in the press box for this game, I don't know. I might have got a little misty-eyed seeing him take the field. I might, I might have gotten a little misty-eyed. You know, I, I was actually in, 20, here, you're fine. In, uh, in 2017, I was actually in Hawaii uh, uh, coming back from a long vacation, and I was we were packing up at the hotel, and I was watching when Teddy came in against the Bengals. And even that was incredible. I mean, I, I know a lot of people say that was as loud as it was at Mini, the Minneapolis Miracle. I mean, that rivaled that to a T when he came in and unfortunately his first pass was an interception, but just the, obviously it was more the remarkable story of all the, everything he went through to get there and him for him to take the field for that one final time. I mean, if I would have saw that in person, I think I probably would have wept. I probably would have been pretty misty. I mean, the guy's leg was basically in shreds, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, this was a, this this was not a, a a traditional, Oh, uh, bad luck. He tore his ACL, but he'll be back in, eight to 12 months. This was a catastrophic deal. So yeah, I would have loved to have seen though, because I do feel, I do feel like among athletes who have played in this town, I don't think that there's one who causes as much emotion from the fans who really didn't play here that long. Mm -hmm. Like ordinarily um, it's, it's, you know, okay. Tory played here for a long time, went and signed with, angels signed him and you know there was a lot of love for him but he also had a a ton of success here and had played here a long time um i'm trying to think of another guy who what drafted in 2014 um started halfway through or into the 2014 season played in 2015 and 16 it blew up like that's a very 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 short time to to find a player 
who draws as much um, praise and or wrath. Cause there's a lot of fans that are, are like, he wasn't that good. You guys all are crazy. And that's my point though, about what could have been. Cause we don't know, like, we don't know. You cannot say, you cannot say, well, he was going to stink. And you also can't say that he, he was going to be a star. We don't know. All we know is that the Vikings grand plan at one point in time with a head coach who traditionally does not like quarterbacks was that this was his quarterback. Yeah. In terms of the emotional toll, I don't know if there really is anyone comparable, at least from my era and from my generation. I think in terms of the what if factor, um, I believe, you know, there's guys like Francisco Liriano. If Liriano doesn't have arm surgery in 2006, what happens that not just that team, but the, the twin trajectory over those next five years? I think both him and Lariano in terms of injuries of what could have been are, are literally cemented on that Mount Rushmore and then three and four, you know, whoever you wanted to round it off with, I, it's actually a pretty difficult conversation. Cause I don't know if anyone else really belongs on that list. You know, there's someone like Brent Burns of the wild who was more misused. And then he goes to San Jose and flourishes, but no one ever saw that coming either. Um, and no one, I think is really that upset that Brett Burns went and flourished in San Jose either. So it's tough when you're really making that list of Minnesota sport athletes of what could have been, um, because typically, you know, they they love the David Ortiz comparison. But again, that was another thing of like no one saw that coming. No one saw no one projected that David Ortiz was going to be the most clutch postseason hitter of all time. No one saw that coming. And there was no passion from the fan base at large put towards him. That's my key thing is, and we are talking about a quarterback here, the most important position in sports, yep. um, but the passion good and bad towards Teddy and towards who he was or who he was trending to become uh, was huge. Like Ortiz was like, well, that was a terrible mistake by the twins, mm-hmm. but no, but, but that day, you know, I, I challenge you to find a fan who, who the day that they took Ortiz off the roster said, terrible move i see this guy being a hall of fame player you didn't yeah um teddy you didn't know and and it was so clear what the vikings plan was for him and then just this weird arbitrary last basically practice before the season starts at 2016 it's just gone i know it's gone and and so your francisco liriano points a good one but the difference there, though, is we saw him really, really good. And then he True. got and then he, you know, the Teddy thing is a complete what if like True. we don't know. It might have blown up, but it also might have been great. And and we do know this. The franchise had picked him as their guy. And what makes it even tougher, I think, is look at the history of this franchise, Declan. And you have not had aside from the fairly brief Dante run. You have not had a franchise QB in this town since, since Tarkington retired after the 1978 season. Okay. (laughs) So, so we are talking about also solving a problem. Like Teddy had the potential to be your eight to 10 year, right? Eight to 10 year to 12 year. I don't know. He had a potential to be that guy. And just on one day that, that very few people saw it's gone. I know. And and look, could the Vikings have tried to keep him? Yes. Um, but he suffered in the Vikings defense, a catastrophic leg injury. Okay. So like you would have tried to keep him, but he couldn't have started immediately again. So he'd be the backup and then have to win the job. I mean, that's not the that wasn't the plan. Right. Um, so I just I think the what if is so interesting. And I think it is the biggest what if, because I don't think we've had a guy 
play that important of spot and that early on into a career in which things did look like they were going on an upward trajectory, mm-hmm. just have it yanked away. I know. You know. Keeps me up at night. Oliva was got hurt and hurt yeah. his knee and was yeah. a great player, but he was a great player. Like mm-hmm. he was a great, we know, we know he was a great player. Teddy, we don't know. So, yeah. all right. With that being said, it's time for confidence, concern, and curiosities for Vikings versus Panthers on Sunday. You have the honor of starting. Let's we'll start do. with confidence. Go back and forth. What is your confidence about Sunday's game? And for those watching us at home, as you can see, Judd and I are both at home after a, a, a great turkey day Thanksgiving. Our stomachs are still full. Our livers might be in a little bit of pain. So we do not have our normal bells and whistles. I will not be doing acapella NFL films music for the next 25 minutes. Get Stella in here. Maybe Stella can provide a little. I don't have the money to pay her at this point in time. She is an expensive dog. I can already Breaking me on food and treats. I can only imagine. All right, my confidence going into this. I, we talked about this on Mackie and Judd uh, earlier this afternoon, which you can also find on Apple, Spotify, and uh, scorenorth.com. My confidence, Judd, I'm going to flip it just a little bit and tweak it a little bit. My confidence is that Teddy Bridgewater is going to lead the Panthers to a victory. That is my confidence. <laughs> You've come clean, you fraud. You've come clean. I'm flipping the Hold script. Hold on. Totally. On Mackie and Judd, on Mackie and Judd, which we recorded earlier and and you you can find it all the places that dex just mentioned you told me you can't lose you told me that you know Mm -hmm. if teddy plays great that's great but if the vikings win that's great you just came clean as being a fraud in what you said on mackie and judd because it's very clear now you are going to go into sunday rooting for teddy and will be disappointed if he doesn't win you know what it is it is black friday as we record this i might just head over to uh, my local sports shop and see if i can find a bridgewater jersey or something just so i can get one ready uh for for sunday on vent line maybe just be ready and i have a thing i know we have the immaculate Judd policy we don't wear jerseys that are the same age and i think teddy is technically one month older than me so he's not younger than me judd okay. so it does it, you know it, what it's okay it's i like okay. it i like it you it's find okay. one you find you find a uh, jersey from uh panthers one i guess or okay. vikings one old school probably can't find those anymore you wear it i like it Got right. Yeah, that, that is my confidence. I think right. Teddy Bridgewater is going to, uh, You've to carve up the Vikings, man. It doesn't matter if it's a the shootout, if it's right a clutch now. Teddy performance. I am confident my guy, Teddy Bridgewater, is going to beat the Vikings. He's going to stick it to so many of the dang Vikings fans that can't stand him. So to be clear, though, right now, you have admitted you will be rooting for Teddy and the Panthers to win this game. Yeah, now I am. Yep. Okay. First All right. time ever. First, first this time is I'm what doing this. Sports dad, you see, Sports Dad spent today <laughs> finally getting the truth. Finally getting to <laughs> the truth. This is what I this is what Sports Dad wanted to do, which was get to the truth of who because this BS about oh the Vikings win will be great too. No, you want Teddy to win. Okay, my confidence is very, very simple. The Vikings will not play a steady diet of cornerback Chris Jones at corner after his business decision to allow Cowboys backup running back Tony Pollard to run past him on Sunday. In, in fact, as we uh Record this. I just saw Mark Fields, I believe the second, who I think had a, I think might have had a partially collapsed lung or something against Green Bay, has been on IR. He's being activated. He's a cornerback. My guess is that if he is healthy enough to be activated, he is probably healthy enough again and has recovered to play. So it's a very simple one. But you know what? Sometimes life can be kept simple as possible. Chris Jones. I don't know if he's going to still be on the roster, but. He will not be put. We we will not see a guy who I don't understand, Dex, 
how you can make a business decision when you are holding on to your roster spot by a thread. Yeah. And by the way, to be clear, so, so Chris Jones um, in the Dallas game altern- alternated, excuse me, with Chris Boyd at cornerback. And I don't know how they picked how to do it. And Chris Boyd on special teams screwed up as the punt because he jumped as, as the gunner. He got excited to catch the pass and started going crazy. And then on the subsequent punt, he took a uh, blocking in the back pe- penalty. So, but those are mistakes. Okay. Those are dumb mistakes, but those are mistakes. Chris Jones didn't make a mistake. As far as I can tell, he made a decision which completely mystifies me. But I'm confident the Vikings and Zim in particular are not going to give him a second bite at the decision apple. Um, I will be surprised if Chris Jones is playing cornerback on Sunday. Hell, I might be surprised if he's on the roster by Sunday. I don't blame you, man. All right. Second one. Let's go to a concern, actually. What is your concern for Sunday? All right, so my concern is if I'm pretending to be a Vikings fan again on Sunday, just for the sake of the concern argument, my I concern... Mean, you can go Panthers for all I can. Yeah, my, I mean, my, my concern is the lack of targets towards Justin Jefferson. Hmm. Um, now, Adam Thielen might be out on Sunday, and it might be trending towards that. And Thielen's been Cousins' security blanket since he signed here in 2018. And those two have hooked up for 10 touchdowns this year. They've been the best red zone duo between quarterback and wide receiver. I saw Courtney Cronin had the note that they lead, I believe, the NFL in red zone touchdowns from quarterback to wide receiver. He's been excellent for him. But still, I'm curious, even with Thielen out, and then you double bracket, obviously, Justin Jefferson, because the wide receiver depth after them is pretty putrid. I'm curious on the target depth that they're going to be able to get to, to Justin Jefferson, who only has five targets or less, and I believe, Five, uh, five of the last seven games. Yeah. So I mean, he, he popped off against the Bears. We saw that. I believe that was the game where he had ten, you know, ten targets or so. And you want that Randy ratio as we used to see back in the day. But I, I'm concerned with the lack of targets for someone who is this dynamic and this explosive. And just eleven games into his career, he leads the league in downfield catches of fifteen plus yards. Judd. I mean, the the kid is an yeah. absolute stud. No one saw this coming. You know, I'm with you immediately. No one saw him being a budding superstar the moment he stepped on the football field his rookie year, and he is. So I, just the lack of targets and usage of Justin Jefferson, it concerns me. It, c- it could be a curiosity, but it's, honestly, for me, it's a concern. I like it. Let me run this idea past you two, because this occurred to me um, a few days after the loss to Dallas and that last drive that I think started with 137 left, which was, again, lots of time. And the second down pass was the crossing route that Jefferson dropped, okay? Yep. But let me run this past you. If you think about this play, these plays, why wouldn't you run that crossing route to Thielen? Because that's more of his play. And why did you run third and fourth down to Thielen, which were deeper shots, when that's Jefferson's play? And by the way, I am very confused. So so you've lost three games if you're the Vikings in which you've had late drives, okay? Tennessee, Seattle, and Dallas. Um, and here's my confusion. Seattle, I'm going to wash away because it was, I think, 15 seconds left deep in, in your own territory. So that would have been incredibly tough. But I, yeah. I want to take, Declan, the Tennessee and Dallas drives um, and combine them in this sense because both started with plenty of time to get into field goal range. And a Dan Bailey field goal against the Titans wins that game. And a Dan Bailey field goal against Dallas ties the score. Um, on fourth down, against Tennessee, you took a deep shot that got picked off for Thielen. 
On third and fourth down against Dallas, you took two deeper shots, both for Thielen. That felt incomplete. Now I'm going to do, I'm a, I'm not an OC. I don't work for a team. I don't have a desire to, <laughs> nor could I. But I'm going to run this past you as a football fan, and I'm curious to get your thoughts. If you were orchestrating those late drives, okay, and you got to third or fourth down, or both, and you now had a chance to basically, you decided we're going to take shots. And on fourth down, you know, I get that. Uh, but you're going to take shots. You're, you're, you're going to go, go for the gusto, which, okay, that's great. Kirk can throw that ball. How is Justin Jefferson not the guy that you call on? Because if anybody can make those, like, like Thielen, I get it. He's really good at what he does. Um, but he is not the, the athlete and certainly does not have youth on his side and the ability that Justin Jefferson brings. So if you're going to basically say, screw it, we're, we have to, or we're going to take a shot here. Um, to me, it's Jefferson. And, and look, teams know you're either going to one of those two. Okay. So they're going to be, have coverage on both. Um, I'm very confused though, as to why we're seeing when push comes to shove and you basically say, we have to, we have to go for it right now in a big way. How does Justin Jefferson not end up being the target? And he's going to be covered, but he's the type of kid that can make that grab. Yeah. Thielen in though Thielen has a very unique, I have a certain skill set, and it's great. Uh, but he's not the guy that I would ever choose in those situations to be the wild card guy of I'm going to throw the ball and say a prayer. Hail Mary pass, sort of. Yeah, you know, I think it goes to Kirk Cousins when if the play design is not the first read and then he starts to freak out. So number one, I don't I don't think that they're doing a lot of situations where Justin Jefferson's the first read on this play. So then if he is, he then looks him right off and he's not going to throw his way. If it's the vice versa, if, if I'm looking for Thielen on the first read, he either doesn't trust Justin Jefferson or whatever it is. Like, I think it's a Kirk Cousins dilemma wow. with him. But think about, you know? and, and, think about and what I, you just said, though. Like, like, and I get he dropped the second down pass. Yeah. But again, you know, he he has not made uh, a bunch of mistakes. Like, I bet you, I bet you Jefferson's made a handful of mistakes tops. And that was the most glaring one that we all saw. But think about what you're saying. And like, Thiel, I like, I'm not trying to discredit Thielen as being a good player. He definitely is. But I'm just telling you on that type of shot, to me, it's, to me, it's very, very simple. If I'm going to throw a ball and basically say it's going to be tough, but athletically I trust player X to get it. Yep. Player X is going to be Jefferson almost every time now. Yeah. And Thielen, that doesn't mean he doesn't play a big role. That doesn't mean he can't catch passes. He can. But it's almost like if, if you went back and designed what the Vikings did on that last drive, the offensive drive on Sunday, you would design it so that Thielen would catch the crossing route because he probably catches that ball. Right. And Jefferson's the guy that you take shots to. So I agree. Okay, my concern? Well, okay. I will preface this and move through it quickly by saying, the concern every week now is very simple. It's special teams. It stinks, okay? But I'm not going to go back to that well because I, I think I've used my concern as special teams for two consecutive weeks, so I will just give that a mention. Uh, my concern for this game, run defense. So the Vikings have played 10 games. 
they obviously got gashed by Zeke and the Cowboys on Sunday to the tune of what, 180 something? It, something it was like pretty ridiculous against uh, Dallas. But they played 10 games. In seven of those games, they have had a, um, a team rush for 100 or more yards against them. That is outstandingly bad for a team that is built ordinarily, especially the interior of the line, to stop the run. Now, I, I know that uh, Michael Pierce opted out, and so the Vikings' interior defensive line is weak. But this run defense is not good. And let's not give them a, a lot of credit for the Bears game because the Bears can't run. Like the mm-hmm. Bears offense is beyond broken and the Bears can't run. Um, so I'm not going to s- sit here and say the Monday night win in Chicago is a great win because they stopped the run because it was really the Bears who stopped their, their own run. And I think the Bears accumulated in that game on the ground something like 83 yards or a ridiculously low amount. But that being said, my concern, run defense. Um, the good news is that, that the Panthers, uh, Christian McCaffrey is, is out. So the Panthers will have at r- running back Declan Goff, Mike Davis, and former golfer Rodney Smith plays for him. Hey, all right. Um, but so it's good that McCaffrey won't play. That's certainly going to uh, assist and help the Vikings defensively. But that being said, 70% of your games, you're getting gassed. That's not good. So my concern for Sunday is run defense. What's your curiosity? Yeah, my curiosity is with all these injuries piling up. And as we're recording this on Friday morning and the Vikings are just uh, finishing up practice today, we do know that Irv Smith is not practicing. Ezra Cleveland is not practicing. Harrison Smith was limited and I believe was doing some walkthroughs and some warm-up stuff. So it sounds like he at least at least put some pads on or at least was attempting to go out there and practice. But with injuries still to Ezra Cleveland, Drew Samia has been activated from the COVID list, Judd. Thielen has not been, correct? Thielen has not been okay. as, we, as we record this. If it's Drew Samia somehow getting time again at oh, offensive line, I, 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 I pray. I pray. No. Brett Jones is going to get his spot. And Brett, Brett, Jones you know Brett Jones might actually be a, a great little waiver wire find here. And, and, and he's a very smart football player. And a lot of people talk very highly of him and his, on his teammates. I have just concerns, though, with the injuries that now the Vikings are facing. It sounds like Harris Smith probably will be good to go. Uh, but if Thielen is out, Ezra Cleveland is out. Herb Smith is out again. If, if, if Thielen is out and then it's Justin Jefferson and you don't have Herb Smith either, it's going to be tough for Kirk Cousins to throw the football. I, he's PC not going to trust anyone. Baby. He's not going to trust anyone. And I like Johnson PC. Time. PC he's not going to trust anyone. Or, my, Sharp. Or, my, or that my favorite Chad Beebe. I almost said something. My, my favorite guy, Chad Beebe. I'm don't not going to swear. I'm not going to swear. But I, I have concerns with the injuries that are possibly piling up. And, uh, and that's maybe that means more uh, more successfulness for Teddy Bridgewater and the Panthers. Why did Taja Sharp make this team? That's my uh-huh. question. And by the way, I don't think he's played for, or I don't think he's been active for like nine weeks. Correct. I don't know how he made, I don't know how or why after they, they uh, signed him back in March on the open market from the Titans. I don't know why he made this team, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's a good one. And Irv Smith, so he's got a back and groin now problem. That's not, that's not good. Ooh, those are two back and groin, right? Yeah, I, I think so. Correct. Well, and the groin injury apparently was on the celebration he had on one of those touchdowns two weeks ago too. So, oh no, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was. Uh, I believe when they when he first got hurt, there was some because he did a little dance and and it could have been from the celebration, which oh, is uh, ki- oh, I didn't which see is, that. Which is you're peak kidding. Sam. You know, those are some Sam Cassell memories from the 2003 Timberwolves run to the Western Conference Finals where. You had a big dagger shot. Don't get me wrong. I love me some Sam Cassell, but maybe go away with the uh, certain big bleep, 
big uh, bleep dance that he did out down down the court. So I'm hoping uh, Herb Smith's okay, but yeah, you don't want to see a guy get hurt on such a silly situation. Purple Daily listeners, Purple Daily business owners, Federated is here to help you. Federated just wants to say thanks to all local businesses in and around the state of Minnesota. You are our community partners, our neighbors, our families, and our friends. And when you need Federated, Federated is here to help. Visit federatedinsurance.com or call your local marketing representative to access trusted resources you may need during this pandemic. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Oh, that really looks bad. I didn't yeah. realize that. Okay, well, that's bad. Um, okay, my my curiosity actually dovetails off of what you're saying, and it's this. Vikings are four and six. The playoffs are, I don't know. What's the best term here? I mean, there's still there's there's still a possibility. Uh, maybe but not life. life su- yeah, they're close. slipping away gradually here. I mean, they're not a play. They shouldn't be a playoff team. Now, if, if we do get the rule is going to be if we do get um, a COVID canceled game, I believe that each conference is going to go up a playoff team, and it already the playoff field in each conference had been expanded to seven teams. So if we get uh, a game canceled, I think we then bump up to eight. So you can't dismiss it. But anyway, my curiosity is this. At four and six, are the Vikings going to alter Dalvin Cook's workload? Knowing that in the four games that the Vikings have played since the bye, they are basically um, they are basically quickly using up his career carries here. Um, I I gave you the stats before on uh, Mackie and Judd Declan, but Dalvin Cook in four games post bye, thirty point five thirty point five touches per game, rushing attempts twenty seven point three. Uh, the five games before the bye, and Cook obviously got hurt in the second half in Seattle, didn't play the next week against in the loss to the Falcons, but the touches were 20.8. So they've gone from pre-bye week, 20.8 touches per game to 30.5. Rushing attempts have gone from 18.4 before the bye to 27.3. So you are you are running the meter, so to speak, on Cook's career. And look, he's that good. I get it. But at some point in time, do you also say he's really, really good and he can help us win games? But are we to the point where saving him? And I'm not suggesting you don't play him. I'm just suggesting that the touches and carries come down, uh, that it becomes uh, a prudent or smart move to basically try and leave uh, some tread on the tire for, let's say, 2021, 22. The touches right now are speak of a desperate team. Yep. That is still trying. That is still very much trying to make the playoffs. I guess my question is: with your defense being as as bad as it can be, let's say a game is canceled because of the pandemic. Okay, Declan, and let's say the Vikings somehow, in a weird way, make that eighth seed, that new eighth seed, like eight seeds, um, and they, you know, they play a good team first round, right? And they they're going to get smoked. Mm-hmm. So I do think that there has to be a, a real decision made here, not of of not playing Cook because he should play, but there should be a decision made of this is too much. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see when we get, are we going to get to that point on Sunday? Are we going to get to that point against Jacksonville? Is there going to come a point in time where where Zimmer sits down with Spielman, sits down with the entire staff and says, okay, the Cook plan was great, and Cook is great, but we're trying to become, or we, we feel that we're going to be a very competitive team in 2021 or 22, 
and to use him up right now makes no sense. So that's that's what I'm curious about is when do we get to that point with Dalvin Cook? Yeah, it's going to be a tough decision for them. As we kind of talked about on Mackie and Judd on the Friday recording too, that it, they are, it's a desperate team, but they also, I don't think this offense knows how to function properly without giving him the football 30 times a game. And and again, I, I, I it, it works to a degree. It worked against the Bears. It works against lowlier teams. But when it's crunch time, you can't run the football. You cannot run the football in a two-minute drill. You can't do that. So then what do you do? You have to trust your quarterback. And do you trust the quarterback to lead the team down the field? Does he have the capabilities of doing so? And historically speaking, at least in his Vikings tenure, Kirk Cousins has not been able to show that he can do that. Well, so and, it, it's tough. And the thing, too, where, where if I was Spielman, I would tell Mike this. Your team is built to have Dalvin run, but it's also built with a defense that isn't trailing late. And this defense is incapable against a good team of of trying to hold up its end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. So my appeal to Mike would be your lifeblood, your bread and butter is defense. And when it's good, it's good. Um, but you don't have it th- this year. And so Dalvin can't make up for that because he clearly can't or is not going to play defense too. So I just think the way the way that the Vikings want to operate, which by the way is flawed, um, but putting that aside, the way that they want to operate is not going to make it possible for the defense to pay off its end. So you are you are literally running Dalvin into a wall consistently for what? For what exactly? Because if you were good, like if if you come back in two thousand twenty one and you're Defense is, is again stout. Pierce comes back and plays the nose. Uh, there are, are improvements made. You, you've obviously got Kendricks back, uh, Harris and Smith back, uh, Gladney and Dantzler, and that that core group of corners is experienced now and much improved, Declan. Mm-hmm. If you can do that, you've got a shot at saying, okay, we're going to run Dalvin. Dalvin's going to touch the ball a ton, but we are consistently going to be up in games late. But you can't guarantee that now so you are are giving delvin this workload that's beyond belief and then saying but the way that we're structured to try and win really is not going to work so there's a problem here well that's where i would say hold some of those touches and carries for 2021 and potentially use them then because dex this guy's career at the rate he's going with how he plays this guy's career is on an acceleration to end quickly, which is a shame because he's a great talent. And, and I, I just think that at some point in time, common sense has to pr- prevail here. And common sense says this is not the year to do what you're trying to do because you're right. It revolves around the Dalvin plan and not the Kirk plan. But the other part of that plan is the defensive plan. And there have been far too Many occasions, and there have been a lot now in 2020 where they get gashed. So my feeling is that there has to be a pullback at some point in time when it comes to the usage of Dalvin Cook. Yeah, it's going to be a conversation with them. And also getting Alexander Madison involved just 10%, 20% more of the time. It's not like Madison. It, you didn't. You haven't seen him the last three weeks. You barely. He's barely. Ever since he field. didn't get the first down I against know. the Seahawks, he's persona non grata. I feel bad for him because you he's do. not Dalvin, but he's not. But okay, that's fine. He's a good back, and yeah, I, I would like to see him get more touches. That's the problem with Zim. If the goodwill gets used up, you are out. Like it takes you a lot to get back in. 
Um, but yeah, you know what? I like your point, the offensive point. Justin Jefferson, one, needs to see the ball more. And two, I really think that those deep shots, I mean, Declan, that 39-yard touchdown pass to him from Kirk last week was a thing of beauty. Yeah. And and I'll say it again. That's a play that can be replicated because the coverage was great there. Like mm-hmm. he just made a great play. Both sides. Quarterback, receiver, made great plays. So there is no there is no reason why from either side that you can't take that shot more. That is an unbelievable play and that's the type of play that jefferson's presence on the field gives you opens up so use it use it and you know what like kirk has a lot of things that kirk does not do do well that deep ball with a guy like Diggs or jefferson he does pretty damn well yeah it's gonna get picked at times i get that but it's worth it's a shot worth taking and it's it's a it's a thing that is going to consistently keep defenses honest and if you are trying to help cook out that's what's going to help him out because now i can't rely on things i can't be like how long did, did we see teams against ap simply stack the box and be like hey can you guys pass and until far the vikings were like yeah not really not really all right final thoughts so you are going to root for teddy and the panthers Mm-hmm. I am. I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I can get to a, a Black Friday deal somewhere. I can find a Bridgewater. Jersey, I'd love to I, see you. I'd love the jersey, the Bridgewater. But, but I, you know, if it, with also in pandemic times, I'm not. I'm not trying to be going to store to store right now, Judd Zolgad. Even with um, me getting the antibodies that I apparently have right now, I, 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 I like to. I'd like to stay in my own roof with my Corona hard seltzers and and enjoy my long weekend. So that's what I'm more focused on. So if I can find a Bridgewater jersey, I'll do it. But I don't, it's gonna be tough. I'd love to see it, Declan. All right, man. Purple Daily. We're done.